This is an ABC podcast. Matters of State. New South Wales votes. Your guide to the state election with Sarah McDonald and Ashley Raper. Welcome to Matters of State, a weekly podcast that will keep you up to date with the New South Wales state election and bring you in-depth analysis that digs beneath the surface of the campaign trail. I'm Sarah McDonald, the host of Mornings on ABC Radio Sydney. And I'm Ashley Raper, New South Wales state political reporter for ABC News. And soon we'll be joined by ABC Illawarra reporter Kelly Fuller to have a look at some of the key issues in regional New South Wales, from the Koala Wars to the Brumby Barneys, land clearing to local clubs, from fires to floods, what will be influencing the votes and the concerns of regional Australia. But Ash, it was the big Liberal launch this week and children are our future. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they made no, uh, it was not subtle at all in, in putting that forward. There was, there was children lining the back of the stage behind Dominic Perrottet as he gave to a, his address to, to the Liberal Party faithful. And, and he did a, a big announcement. There was, there was a big reveal that came from the, the Liberal Party launch, and that was the Children's Future Fund. And there's been a lot of commentary around it, but essentially what it is that the government is proposing that they'll put in $400. And then if a parent chooses to, or a grandparent chooses to, they can top up the fund up to $1,000 a year. Now, if they do that, the government will match the contribution up to $400. And then that grows over time. And if there is is a child that is born in 2023, if the parent puts in the maximum, the government matches it and with interest, the government's forecasting that they'll have $49,000 by the end. Here's the Premier. A re-elected Liberals and Nationals government will make the most significant financial security investment in our state's history. Starting this year, for every child in New South Wales, aged 10 and under, and continuing with every newborn child, we will create an individual New South Wales Kids Future Fund account. That's at the launch. Now, the Labor Party say they don't like it. They would like the money to be spent now on young people. Here's Daniel Mookie. We think every spare dollar the state government has has got to go into our schools, into our hospitals, into getting our rail system back on track and into dealing with the cost of living. Uh, The families that need help the most will be the ones who benefit the least from what the Premier outlined yesterday. That's Shadow Treasurer Daniel Mookie with me this week on ABC Radio. Ash, what is this announcement about for the Premier? Is this about shoring up certain seats, aspirational voters? What's the strategy? The strategy appears to be, Sarah, that this is about getting aspirational families uh, and it will tap into seats like the ones on Sydney's North Shore, Lower North Shore, Northern Beaches that are being challenged by independents. I think there's a hope that it will speak to Liberal voters there and might help the Liberal vote um, in those seats and also in certain Western and Southwestern Sydney seats like Parramatta, Penrith, Holsworthy, Leppington. Uh, But Labor is clearly concerned that this could be a vote winner and have really gone out hard over the past uh, few days since the announcement, uh, pointing out the problems with it. And, And it is an interesting announcement ahead of this election that's really being fought on the cost of living crisis. Poll after poll, chat after chat, 
this is the cost of living crisis and this fund does nothing to address that. It is very future focused, you know, it's 18 years or eight years down the track for, for some children. If you're 10, yes. Yes. And so in, it does nothing to address rising energy costs, rising rents, mortgages and the equity of this scheme as well. Now, the government says that for families on the Commonwealth Family Tax Benefit that there'll be $200 put in um, per year. But there are a whole group of, of children here that could miss out because at this stage, there's families who just simply can't afford. They may not be on uh, the family tax benefit, but just families who, who don't have spare change at the moment to put into this fund. It was the Greens' uh, turn also to have their campaign launch over the weekend. I think it started off a little bit late due to Sydney trains, but here's the Upper House MP, Kate Fairman. Make no mistake, this election, we have a powerful opportunity to make change. Change for the tens of thousands of people struggling to pay the rent and for the thousands more struggling to simply find somewhere safe to sleep at night. Change for the nurses and midwives who have worked themselves to the bone, keeping us safe throughout this pandemic and who are rewarded with successive pay cuts by this government. There's the Greens' Kate Veerman. Ash Raper, what role do you think the Greens could have in a future government in terms of the power they may yield and what they want to do with that? They could emerge quite powerful depending on the outcome. There's been a lot of talk that this could end in a hung parliament, the the election result. And if Labor gets closer, gets more seats and they're in a position to, to negotiate to form a minority government, uh, the expectation is that they'll go to the Greens first. There are three Greens in the lower house. Uh, it appears that those seats will be retained at the election. Uh, and, and at the launch, the Greens made it clear that they don't want to do a deal with, with the Liberals and they are opening to do one with Labor. But Chris but, Minns says he won't. No, and, and obviously Chris Minns is going into the election and they're in it to win it for, for a majority. So nobody's really entertaining ideas. But, but Greens have pointed out that they do, they're not automatically going to swing in behind Labor and there are some key issues, you know, rental, but Labor seems to match that policy. But one sticking point is going to be poker machines. The Greens are very strong on poker machines wanting to go cashless. Labor's uh, just uh, announced a trial if, if they win of 500 of the 90,000. So so that could be a, a sticking point uh, for, for the Greens' support to swing in behind Labor. All right. Well, uh, they're also fighting for an upper house seat with One Nation could come down to that. So that will be an interesting development as well. A good time to bring in our guest, our regional reporter, Kelly Fuller. But let's hear from some of the voters of New South Wales before we chat to Kelly about what matters to them in this election on our hotline number 8333-1402. My name is Phil from the Blue Mountains and integrity is the issue at this election. The thing that is um, influencing my vote is um, the situation about education and especially about teachers, the shortage of teachers. Transport is the big um, thing to me plus privatisation, both of which the present government has failed completely at. I live in Lanco. I'm seven and a half kilometres from the city and there is only one bus every half an hour from Lancove West. Local bus privatisation and the degradation of uh, local bus services. Affordable housing and let's also not forget music and culture policies. Land clearing, destruction of habitat and the consequences of that and its obvious impact down the line on global warming. There's some voters for New South Wales. You can call our election line to tell us what's driving your vote on 8333 1702. 
Matters of State. New South Wales votes. Your guide to the state election with Sarah McDonald and Ashley Raper. And Kelly Fuller this morning, reporter at ABC Illawarra. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Ash. So let's talk about regional New South Wales. It has really copped it over the last couple of years. The fires, the floods, a rough time. What do you think the influence will be on the voters of regional New South Wales of these natural disasters? Yeah, certainly there's been a lot of attention on Lismore and rightly so. And Janelle Saffin has been central to fighting for that recovery, a marginal Labor seat, redistribution seats, pick up some more Labor and Green votes. So we really didn't see any backlash against the the federal government when we went to the last federal election. So it's really hard to tell if there's anger. But what we do know is there's 1,500 people still in temporary pod villages. 600 people remain in emergency accommodation. So it's not at all forgotten. Resilience New South Wales was folded. That was seen to have been handled badly. And we've got this new reconstruction agency, haven't we? But, you know, we've seen more devastating floods in the past six months through the central west through southern New South Wales, again down south in the last couple of days. And there are questions about flood mitigation measures and failure to prepare communities. And this is coming just days before people head to the polls. So as to even the longer term effects from the fires, we know there's still serious trauma, mental health issues that many communities, particularly on the south coast, are managing. And this is compounded by how it's manifesting. And this is where we're seeing the worsening housing crisis. Early in the campaign, the Premier visited Yurubadala and just around the corner from where he stopped, there's this place called the North Head Campground in Maruya, where more than 50 people are still living in tents because of what happened to their homes and the loss of accommodation from the bushfires. So while the coalition's continuing to focus on solving the housing crisis by providing incentives to first home buyers and this land tax reform, stamp duty reform, you know, what is it doing to address the housing crisis in regional New South Wales is still the question. Allowing people to purchase even a second property using this land tax option, some people suggested to me could worsen the housing crisis because people in Sydney might look, well, we can't place in Sydney, but we can sure pick up one in regional New South Wales where it might be less expensive. So, you know, these, this question about, you know, how it's manifested is so heavily weighing on communities and it ties into, I know what Ash has been talking about constantly, this cost of living pressure but housing crisis is playing out off the back of all those natural disasters. Mm. We saw that in the in the big by-election that you covered, Kelly. Ash, what do you think that the by-elections signalled about what could change in the regions, if anything? Obviously, Labor picked up um, Bega in, in a by-election and that was a long-term Liberal-held seat. And the Liberal Party losing that when Andrew Constance resigned, I think that they felt that a lot of that was people feeling that they'd been left behind after the bushfire recovery, which made them approach the Lismore uh, flood and, and the aftermath very differently. And there's, there's still been problems, um, as Kelly was saying. So I, I think the government is acutely aware of that um, and, and they've tried to address that. Big is interesting too because it, you know it may or may not play. Dr. Michael Holland, well-known local doctor, at the by-election he was at a pub where the publican, Dr. Holland, had delivered all three of his family of their babies. So you know he's he's not flamboyant like Andrew Constance was well-known. But there's also a sense I'm hearing from people that because of Andrew Constance's portfolio responsibilities, he wasn't at home much in the community. So they kind of liked having a local MP stay at home for a while. But there's a really strong challenger 
Labor, the Bega Mayor. Constance is standing by his side during this campaign. In fact, Constance is all over New South Wales. He's very, very likeable and he's being used by the Liberals very successfully in a lot of seats. He's come back for this. Let's talk about the Nationals, the party that, that says it's the political party for regional New South Wales. Ash, who is the Nationals leader, Paul Toole, and how's he going? Paul Toole uh, is a Bathurst MP. He was the deputy leader of the Nationals. Now he's the deputy premier. He took over from John Barillaro. And Paul Toole taking over really changed the dynamic and the relationship in the coalition and that partnership. Paul Toole has a very different style to, to John Barillaro. And, and privately, a lot of Nationals say that John Barillaro really filled the space. Paul Toole doesn't fill it as much, but there has been a lot more collaboration. Now, John Barillaro was known for being a divisive figure, you know, would make threats, make public threats, whereas Paul Tool works internally um, and to, to work with that coalition partnership. Right. What do you think, Kelly, in terms of, of how the different style of the Nationals is uh, cutting through in the regional parts of New South Wales? Yeah, this is this is really interesting because there's even just some polling out today by the IPA, which is, of course, the conservative think tank, which is raising some really big questions for Dubbo in particular, which I'm a bit shocked by. So I'd like to know a bit more about how they've done the polling. But um, I guess they're saying that the first preference voting in Dubbo is for Dougald Saunders at just 29% and others at 55 So, look, there's been a sense that a lot of the decisions that Paul Toole's taken has been to sort of shore up inland national seats and some of the you know the, the the impact of that has been you know the loss of some of the ground in regional areas which points to the fallout from the koala wars Leslie Williams flipped in Port Macquarie to the Liberal Party they've now got a three-cornered contest there they've popped in the local mayor Peter Pinson to, to challenge Leslie Williams which is just extraordinary that they've allowed this three-cornered contest to happen but uh, maybe now with some polling suggesting Dubbo's in trouble some of the pain they've caused in on the coast isn't being rewarded inland, but he's a, you know, he's not a, as flamboyant as Barillaro, as uh, Ash was just saying. He's seen as a negotiator. Uh, he helped smooth things over. He's right in behind Dominic Perrottet, a very different style of leadership. The one thing I would say is that a lot of the pressure has come off the Nationals because of the implosion of the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party, and they were sort of building or trying to build up momentum as a as an alternative to the Nationals. Uh, questions about the Nationals' connections to, you know, mining companies, their management of land use issues, especially on the Liverpool Plains with Santos. Of course, the Nationals back that in. Of course, the Liberal Party do. And, and just for the sake of transparency, Labor does as well. But there's this sense that I guess the Nationals are becoming slightly less representative of farmer voices. And the shooters were kind of on the ground in that space. Now, their fragmentation has really taken some of that stress, that pressure off Paul Toole, but how it's going to play out in those big, massive seats of yes. Barwon and, and Orange and Murray, it's mm. going to be extraordinary. Yeah, well, they're standing as independents now. Ash, what do you foresee here if they don't have the party machine behind them? Will that have an impact? Look, I think for Phil Donato in Orange, um, it won't. He, he's established he won that in a by-election in 2016. And speaking to Phil Donato, he said that he might do better just because he, he's working as an independent. And he said people have come up to him in the street and say, I wasn't going to vote for you because I didn't like the name Shooters, but we think you've been a good local member. So he almost feels better being unshackled and, and the freeing of, of just working as an independent. Now, Helen Dalton in Murray and Roy Butler in Barwon, they've only been in 
for one term. Now, one that could go and go back to the Nationals is Murray. That is the most likely. Um, in Helen Dalton, the Nationals have been working really hard to try and, and win that back. But I, I think nobody's quite clear exactly how that seat will go at the election. Yes, and she's been battling with the, the club's New South Wales too, which we might get to. Let's look at some other regional issues and the Koala Wars. Now, this could go on for hours, a a dissection of the Koala Wars that engulfed the coalition, but can you briefly sum it up for us? Well, we even saw it reared its head just at the end of the last parliament where the government actually had to pull legislation in the final sitting week, native forestry clearing on farms, and that was a nationals piece of legislation. Right now, to clear native forests, there needs to be two checks, and they were trying to reduce it to one. Now, there were some moderate Liberals internally who were really uncomfortable about this. They were really angry. But then it was actually a nationals MP, the member for Tweed, Jeff Provost, who he spoke out and said, I can't support this. This is bad for my community which is, again, looking at what Kelly was talking about, that split. There's the Nationals on the coast and then there's the Nationals inland. And it was actually Dougal Saunders from from Dubbo. This was his piece of legislation. So that legislation was pulled just to avoid a messy messy fight, which does, uh, everybody's mind, remember about two years previously, the Koala Wars, and that was over protections on properties and it was they were reclassifying trees so there were lots of farmers angry that would restrict their clearing and that was when John Barillaro who was then the Nationals leader he he said that he was going to tear up the coalition agreement he was going to split he was going to walk away if this legislation um, went through and, and, and it didn't and then they went back to the drawing board but this is it's a very very touchy sticky problematic issue uh, between the Liberals and the Nationals. And he was quoted as calling them tree rats. Kelly Fuller how does this play out for you close by in the Illawarra and the South Coast regions? Oh, look, land use is, is a you know, continued issue right across regional New South Wales and I guess that there's that constant battle between where we've, we've touched on it already haven't we we're seeing the split in the nationals on the coast and and the inland so look there's other issues around um, feral animal management and weeds as well the issues of the brumbies and uh, how mount kosciuszko is being managed another one of john barillaro's legacies was to introduce the, the sort of the brumby bill which is now something that Joe McGurr and Wagga, one of the regional independents, wants to see addressed. Because he wanted issues. to protect the Brumbies. Barilara did, yes. yeah, that's right. And uh, they're causing, you know, massive disturbance of that, you know, great national park. So the independents are putting that on their wish list and people are watching, you know, how influential they'll become. That will also play out in the Monero, which is another fascinating seat, Gerald Barilara's old seat. They've got a transitional candidate, Nicole Overall. She's not had a chance yet to establish herself. The Labor Party Party wanted Terry Campisi, this former footballer, to drop in. Uh, a series of stories about his life were leaked to the media. He left the campaign. There's a lot of anger in the Labor Party about how he was treated. Um, maybe some of that fallout on that is landing on Nicole overall. It's been seen as a bit of an unfair campaign. Not that there's any suggestion she had anything to do with it. But, you know, they've dropped in now Steve Wan, a former Labor minister who has done very well in his private life outside of politics uh, with the Irrigators Council, so still very connected to regional New South Wales. And I guess some people are suggesting to me he wouldn't have given up that very successful job. Uh, he's on the old pension he, to, to come back to Parliament unless he's seen some polling that suggests, you know, things are interesting in that part of the world. So land use management is critical and, again, points back to Dougald Saunders. He's the, the current Ag Minister, how he's managing all those issues. There's a, a range of things 
going on in regional New South Wales, very separate from the tolls and the roads and, and what's going on in Western Sydney, where, you know, farmers are dealing with, you know, weeds from floods. They're dealing with carp in Western New South Wales. Deer in the Illawarra is causing a big issue too. So, so many land management issues on top of the big ones that we see about energy transition and, and I guess, the future around the Liverpool Plains. What about pokies? Because there was four corners this week uh, looking at that and uh, the former Minister Victor Dominello spoke to Four Corners about the Australian uh, lobby group Clubs New South Wales uh, allegedly forcing him out of the portfolio. He wants an investigation into this. What about in the regions? Because there is concern from the nationals. They were critical of the cashless gaming card proposals. They have come on side, though, now, haven't they? They sure have. And they they were offered a ton of, I guess, incentives to help regional clubs transition in the the coverage of it at the time. And, you know, there's lots of money in there for regional clubs to move over. A lot of the small regional clubs will tell you, you know, a lot of their money comes through a club down in Wollongong has 12 pokies. It makes $250,000 a year. so it covers all of their costs and their wages. Um, that, that interesting, that club of Coldale is actually moving to sell half of them to fund their future. So, the, you know, clubs are looking at new ways. But that Crime Commission report actually had two examples from regional New South Wales that showed how money was being laundered through clubs. So really just as impacted as, as the city, but on a smaller scale. So the Nats had to be brought on board with the promise of all of this money to help the clubs transition. They had to um, be confident that clubs New South Wales was willing to walk side by side with them as they made the move. But certainly that Four Corners episode by Sean Nichols last night really exposed, I guess, you know, how much influence the clubs have on the nationals. And it's um, probably going to be something at the front of people's minds, I think, when they head to the polls in a couple of days. Yeah, when the Premier first announced that he was going to make poker machines cashless, uh, there was this... thought that you're never going to get the Nationals there and and Paul Tool in his public statements was not very supportive but he got them there. It's Do a surprise he got them. Because well, a senior Liberal said to me there might be some nervous koalas. Now, he well, was making a joke. But what, do we know what the trade-off was? Look, in terms of, of the package, the Nationals were very happy with what they got in talking about the grants and, and the financial support for, for regional areas. But is something going to pop up if they get re-elected in the next term that was done behind closed doors? We don't know. Kelly Fuller, what are some other interesting regional seats that will be fascinating to watch on election night. Look, we're watching Kayama. Um, as Catherine Cusack described to me recently, it is awkward with uh, in capital letters and bold. Uh, he would suspend Gareth Ward, the sitting MP who's turned independent, a former Liberal minister, now facing historic sexual assault charges, which he strenuously denied. The Premier's move to say he would support a fresh suspension motion has really I- irritated the local Liberals. He's dropped in Melanie Gibbons, who's a sort of a, a an out-of-town candidate, um, uh, and the Labor Party uh, candidate, Caitlin McInerney, has had multiple visits from Chris Minns and has been on the ground for six months. So where that goes is, is fascinating. The Upper Hunter is a microcosm for what's happening in New South Wales. It's got the housing crisis. It's got a health crisis. It's got terrible roads. It's got a huge energy transition on its doorstop as well and a marginal seat with a transition candidate, Dave Lazell, who's, who's well-liked, but they've got a, a Labor candidate uh, who lives in the seat where the boundaries have sort of headed south 
South in the redraw. And uh, Brankston is uh, she's well known to that community. She's um, you know the, the success factor of of the the National Party win when they Dave Lazell was at Scone with uh, a very popular Gladys Berejiklian. None of that's carrying on in this campaign. So I think that will be an interesting seat to watch. There's so many Goulburn. I'm intrigued by uh, Wendy Tuckerman is in trouble down there. Her seat's changing. The Labor Party have got a, a you know a, a candidate who's had a go a couple of times, but lots of local issues down there. And the shooters think they're in with a play down there as well. Gosh, I'm I'm really uh, absolutely interested. It's it's a, it's a ground game. It's hand to hand combat. It's local, 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 and it's really fascinating. Yeah, I think at the start, Labor was really targeting Goulburn, South Coast, Upper Hunter. Uh, and those three, I, I think they've pulled back a bit. I think there was an expectation perhaps that, that they will be retained by the government. I think Monero is a really interesting one to watch to see if Labor can actually pick that up. And then, yeah, Kayama is, is, is fascinating just how that will play out. Excellent. Well, all will be revealed on March 25th. Thanks so much, ABC Illawarra reporter Kelly Fuller, for taking us to the regions. It's not all about Western Sydney in this election. Thank you very much. If you'd like to tell us what's driving your vote and why you'll be voting the way you are, call our election hotline on 8333-1702. And remember to follow Matters of State on the ABC Listen app so you never miss an episode. That's it for us this week, but look out for us on your feeds next week because there's not long to go now. Matters of State, New South Wales Votes with Sarah McDonald and Ashley Raper. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.